already? I've had like a day. It's it's been a day. It's, it's been it's... a time of a day, and <laughs> now we're gonna talk about. We're doing a. I was gonna say we're doing a light one. This is not a light one. It's mm. just uh, lighter for us because um, we didn't have to be as research heavy with this one because we're reviewing a uh, a recent doc today. Yes, and we we are. Who is we? You tell me. God damn it. We're crime culture. That's Haley. I'm Caitlin. Hi. Haley's having an identity crisis, I guess, right now. Um, yeah. But yeah, we're going to, we're going to, we haven't done a review in a minute. And also, we're just swamped. It's, yeah. it's all the pre Spooktober events. Yeah. Preparing for Spooktober. Also, we had to do a review because uh, Netflix just keeps cranking out mm-hmm. just really interesting docs. I mean, um, some that I'm sure we'll get to that is not this episode. Um, but I watched the Woodstock 99 yeah. uh, doc. That one was really good. Um, the uh, Manti Teo one. Mm-hmm. That one was good. Um, the one about like crimes of the internet. I think we talked about briefly last episode. Uh, that was good. And um, another one is... Another one. This one yes. that we're talking about today, which is I just killed my dad. Not Haley just killed her dad. That's the title no. of the document. That's the that's the title of the doc. And Jimbo's the reason why the reason why it is the title of the doc is because it's a reference to the nine one one call that the perpetrator of this crime, Anthony Temple, made mm-hmm. right after shooting his father, and parts of this nine one one call are played in the opening minutes of the first episode. So that really sets it up. Yeah. Absolutely. Like it really I don't even want to say like it's kind of I liked how they set this one up in terms of first of all, like obviously 911 calls are not the easiest to listen to all the time. No, I I, I really dislike 911 calls. It's yeah. not it's not fun. Yeah, but I I liked how they kind of set the stage with this one by just kind of educating you as far as like law enforcement and the legal system knew. Like as far as they knew, this kid just calls 911 and is like as the title says, like I just killed my dad. Yep. Like and like very much like very dry, very straightforward, mm-hmm. very Emotionless. not showing any yeah. yeah. And we'll we'll clarify. I watched this I wanna say like the day after it came out, so like over a week ago, and you just watched this yesterday. Yes, and again today. Yeah. Because yeah. I like to be on top of things sometimes. Yep. <laughs> um but I really like this one. It's um it's not as much of an epic as a lot of these Netflix docuseries have been getting. Like this is three parts, relatively short episodes. The first episode is called I am not a killer. It's 36 minutes long. Mm -hmm. The second episode is I found my son. It's 43 minutes long. And the last part, big bad Bert is 46 minutes long. So it's very, very concise it's and cons- I, I appreciate it it's concise but i don't know that i agree with the whole it's not an epic thing because i i think that the way they separated it was very like and and i think with tiger king and um oh, you know the one the one that that always fucks us up um abducted in plain sight. yes thank you which i should mention Directed by the same director of this. Makes sense, because I was going to say, they have, like, the same cadence where they'll drop a bomb and then be like, okay, next episode. Like, Yeah, Sky, Sky Borgman did Abducted in Plain Sight, okay. Girl in the Picture, which is a new one, which we need to talk about, because mm-hmm. that's insane as well. Sins of Our Mother, which is coming out very soon. It's about Lori Vallow. Yes, yes. And um, Trial by Media, which I think we've referenced before, which is a really good um, series that each episode is kind of um, a different thing of how the media is involved in a certain case which is like the whole point of this podcast yeah so yeah but yeah yeah, sky borgman very very good at directing true crime documentaries docuseries yeah yeah i'm a fan i i i like like i said like i like how this is set up i appreciate borgman's 
storytelling style and yeah. like just how she how she like I, I don't even know how to put like for example they weren't super heavy at the, in the first episode i was concerned that um there was going to be that it was going to be very heavy in the like id style reenactments yeah yeah it wasn't it, which it, I, yes i was yeah i think it added more to the story yeah um i will say um you you should watch it before you listen to this because yeah. we will be getting into like detail. Yeah. We're going to be like reviewing it and also talking about details, um, what they talk about in the docuseries. So definitely watch it first. If you're planning to, if you're not planning to, then go ahead. Maybe we'll convince you by the end that you should. Yeah. I mean, I'll be honest. I wasn't so sure because that's another thing too, that I, I think that's more of a Netflix thing, but the way that they marketed it wasn't, like they, 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 it, I, I think intentionally, but they buried some of the leads. Of course. Yeah. So for example, like you knew that he killed his, well, of course you knew he killed his dad. Um, yeah. You knew that he killed his dad. You know that his dad was abusive. Um, but then there's other aspects of it, other details that are pretty big twists well, that I they think did you're- not. You're kind of burying the lead here. They dropped the bomb at the end of the first episode. I didn't know if we wanted to talk about the first episode more. That's why I didn't. That's why I buried the lead. No, no, we'll we'll kind of go back and forth. We'll kind of go back and forth. But um, yeah, um, Anthony Temple, who's who's um, the the perpetrator of this crime. I won't say like the um, the survivor. Yeah, I'd call him the survivor. Yeah, he's a survivor. Yeah, Yeah. Uh, but he did shoot his father, so he is like he did commit this crime. no matter what the circumstances he shot his father but i i agree with the argument of self-defense i agree with the oh i do too i do too uh i i believe that the term is typically battered woman syndrome but i believe that argument that he was just he did it out of self-defense it didn't matter if his father was not attacking him in that moment it was a fight or flight thing and he saw an opportunity and yeah he had to get out well um Anthony Temple was um Yeah, now we're kidnapped. The lead. <laughs> yeah. He he was he was kidnapped by his father. Yes. When he was five years old. Yes. And he had uh, no idea. He had no idea. His father had told him that his mother uh did not want him, did mm-hmm. not wasn't like like left the family, wasn't looking for him. And that was hundred percent untrue. His mother is interviewed in the uh the docuseries mm-hmm. and she very much looked for her son for <laughs> for many years and um we'll talk more about how um this was discovered because the incredible woman that uh helped facilitate this and really like yes. helped helped um move this away from just being oh this kid just shot his dad uh he is showing no emotion he's a sociopath Mm -hmm. like no there's something more here and i think it was again i watched this um over a week ago i think it was template's um employer that like had uh gained like an interest in him uh in like a friendship way and um and knew after this crime happened she was like "Ah, this doesn't seem like him there has to be more to this and she had a friend that um could find people yeah shana landry is yes yes she's a very interesting woman she's fast well yeah because she even said in in like her background like the whole reason that she got into it was looking up her own ancestry and then just it ended up she's she's a badass she has solved like hundreds of dna related mysteries over the years like she she's truly like an expert um but no i i think that that's just the fact that 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 somebody even said like hey i i I don't think that like, yeah, people will be like, oh, this doesn't seem right. This doesn't seem right. But that I believe it was um, her husband knew that that um, what do you call it? That Landry's husband knew. Yeah. Somebody. Um, yeah. I, I'm looking at the New York Post article on um, 
Shayna Landry, and it says Landry's husband knew a woman named Elena Fennell, Fennell, mm-hmm. uh, who oh, yeah. happened to mention that her coworker Anthony was being charged with murder, but something about that didn't quite sit right with her. Quote, Elena mentioned Anthony didn't know who his mother was. He didn't have any recollection of her. He had never seen his own birth certificate. His social security card had been printed the day before he put in his work application. End quote. Mm -hmm. Which, that's very, very sketchy. That's very sketchy. But I'll also say what what struck me as interesting, um, and I'm sure we'll touch on this more, like, going on, but... I found it very interesting that he had no recollections of his of his like or very little because like he'll be like oh like this house is bigger than I thought it was or something like that yeah um or smaller than I thought it was but um that he had no recollections when his mother said that her way of coping with trauma as a child was to completely put it out of her head and he had prior to his father kidnapping him a very traumatic childhood yeah, his father was abusive before yes. uh, he was stolen away. Yes, and so that was—that's not weird. But um, <laughs> the the way that um, uh, uh, Bert is the the father's yes. name, the way that he kind of kept uh, Anthony uh, kind of in hiding. He didn't change his name or anything, which is something that I guess if you're stealing somebody, maybe that would be the first thing you do i don't know well it's across state lines it because it wasn't how do i put this he kind of didn't have to because he he sued for custody and or not even sued necessarily for custody i don't know what the proper terminology is but like it's not like he it's not like the traditional kidnapping that you picture where somebody like goes up to a little kid and is like hey come with me it's he got the cops involved and he convinced this Louisiana court that his ex-wife, that his, that his son's mother was a drug addict and an alcoholic and an unfit parent and got him taken away. But then, OK, she has to visit. She has to visit. But he moved across it. Like you said, he moved across state lines. He moved to Louisiana and it got to a point where she's in Texas. She can't afford to keep going to Louisiana, to Louisiana, to Louisiana. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so she she did lose track of her son. Yeah. And which I'm, is just heartbreaking to hear. You hear all about that in the second episode, which is uh really, really rough how this family was just torn apart. Not I'm not including Bert in that, by the way. Fuck oh, that no. guy. Um but this woman basically just had to like almost give up on her son because she couldn't afford to go back and forth to fight it for the lawyers, the travel, um, just everything was, it it just got too much, which is so, so heartbreaking. But um, Bert kept Anthony out of school Mm -hmm. and he could barely read or write. And it was something that was mentioned. I believe it was in the first part that, during his uh, police interview, he was asked what his birthday was, um, and he couldn't recall like the year. Uh, yeah. He couldn't recall, I believe, his own address. Um, there was a lot that was like being kept from him, and I think that's like, a huge thing in uh, controlling him. That mm-hmm. Bert was like, "Well, you're not going to be educated, so that's how I can control yeah. him." It, it he w- could. Oh, go ahead. He, he said he could, uh, in this uh, article, it said that Anthony could barely read or write, and he had never learned what high-fiving even meant. Yeah. Like, he he, he just didn't know just basic things. Yeah. Be- well, because that's the thing, like, because what Bert told his, uh, Anthony's stepmother, um, Susan, was that he had been homeschooled by his, that he was being homeschooled by his grandmother that's what he told her when they got together and everything and then she yeah. comes they get married and she comes to live with him with her son and that's very she's like that's very clearly not the case but she would try to like kind of teach him but so he was like homeschooled but like quote unquote homeschooled and this whole thing just kept reminding me of the turpin family 
who we yeah. just talked about how like they were homeschooled except they weren't really homeschooled they weren't really educated and like it, we said that the turpins were such a unique case on our last episode but i mean this kind of makes it clear that it's it's not because sure it was on a larger scale with so many kids and it was such a horrific situation but the the isolation the lack of education the lack of socialization the physical and emotional abuse like it was all there like he had people saying to him didn't you ever go play with the neighborhood kids didn't you ever have a play date didn't you ever have a sleepover and the answers to all of those were no he wasn't allowed to interact with anybody and he was like so surveilled again they get into this in the doc that um uh bert had cameras yeah. all over the house he was tracking anthony constantly in his house he not at, even at just one anthony. point exactly but at one point uh they talk about how bert once called uh anthony's work and said uh he hasn't moved in a while like what is he doing yeah and like that means he's he's Monitoring watching him. him in real time yeah 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 which is insanity yeah but I, I think Anthony really hit the nail on the head in the second or third episode. He said, it, quote, it's easier to control a dumb person than a smart person, right? Mm-hmm. End quote. And that's exactly what, like, he hit the nail on the head. Like, that's exactly what Bert was doing. And what really got me with all of this, too, is another another thing, like, to call back to the Turpin case, how we said that we didn't know, nobody knows really the why of the Turpin case, Nobody knows, like, what led to such horrific mistreatment. And it's just, it's so chilling to me that Bert took his son, not because he was afraid of losing him. Like, that seems to be, like, when you've got a parent kidnapping a child, it always, like, is depicted in media, like, as this, like, oh, I'll never get to see my child again, and I love them, and I'm going to run away. And it was, no. It was a power move. Yeah, he wanted to hurt Teresa, Anthony's mother. Like, I I really, I had no idea until, um, my I think it's Maisha Coulter, the, the CEO of Aid to Victims of Domestic Abuse. Um, uh-huh. She said that she had seen it before, and I was like, oh, so this is a common thing. So this, this is something that, like, parents do oh, I believe use it. their children. Yeah. Like, I know of parents in breakups and whatnot using their children as pawns, but to use him as a, a, a tool to, um, to, to, like, hurt Teresa, like, just that yeah, he, he wasn't a human being. He was a, a like, pawn. He, he was yeah. just, he wasn't... He was just an a means to an end. He wasn't anything. Yeah, to it him. was full. It was full power move because obviously it didn't seem like he had any interest in raising his son and teaching his son and really making him into a good person. No, so he was an object. Like, yeah. So what was he left with? And it's it was so sad to hear. Um, I think it was in the first part that. Um, Anthony's stepmother Susan, right? Mm-hmm. She she was like, yeah. When we first, when I first met Bert and everything, I met Anthony. He was like a happy little kid, and then like as he started to get a little bit older, like his dad would would just uh, like talk him down and and just break him down so much that he just ultimately stopped saying anything and just retreated because he was just getting cut down at every turn. Well, yeah, I mean, and and that I'm I'm glad you brought that up because that's something too that like everybody is sitting here claiming to love him. Teresa, his biological mother, his grandmother, um, whose name I don't recall, his stepmom Susan, j- they all failed him. Like, look at them and look at him. Like, he's been clearly like they say how tragic it is, how heartbreaking it is, and yet. He he is so clearly broken and just like beaten down by all of these hardships in his life. And nobody once helped him. Nobody once was like, OK, like I like what? Well, it seems that everyone started uh, helping him after this horrific event happened, yes. which didn't need to escalate to this point. Maybe somebody could have stepped in a little bit earlier if you noticed that he could not read or write. And he was exactly. 17 years old. Like, doesn't that raise any red flag? Like, well, 
what what were you doing as a kid? What happened? Yeah, well, because I think, and I wasn't a huge fan of ADA Dana Cummings in this docu-series for most of it. Granted, she was just like, well, yeah, he's a killer and blah, blah, blah. Like, she thought what everybody else kind of thought. And she does seem to have a change of heart towards the end. But towards the end, she said, quote, how could you not report the abuse of a child if you knew it was happening, end quote. And she mm-hmm. said that also in response to how Susan, Bert's now former wife, filed a restraining order against him for abuse of her and her biological child. And like, how could you, so, okay, so you'll do this for yourself, but you wouldn't do this for your, your, your own, this, this young, this boy that you claim to love so much. Like you'll let him be the meat shield and the punching bag. Yeah. I don't under, I don't know the intricacies of filing on behalf of somebody that is not your child i mean I don't i'm not know. i'm not saying that but what i'm saying is she reported that she was being abused yes. but nowhere yeah, in yeah. that entire document does it say and anthony is being abused and a child is being abused yeah, yeah and yeah. that's like that's where i i take issue i took issue with a lot of this a lot of this documentary i hate to say like it was very well done but it made me angry because i mean yeah it just it it was it i don't even I, I, I'm trying really hard to like have the words for it. Like his mother at one point when he's talking to her, she goes, this is the quote, this is the first step to be the person you've always wanted to be end quote. But like everybody was saying that, that to him to some degree, like now your life can, I think it was his first, his stepmother who said it, excuse me, not his mother. Um, Everybody's saying that to him. Oh, you get to start your life now. You get to start over and blah, blah, blah. It shouldn't have taken him shooting and killing his father and potentially having to spend the rest of his life in prison to get it. Yeah. Like all of these people are now like rallying around him now that Bert is gone. But in the moment, had he failed, had Bert like, had he not tried to kill Bert, had any of this not happened, he would still be in this same position today. And yeah. that's what really, because I mean, in, in towards the, the beginning, I think it's in the second episode, his grandmother was talking about how she had been abused by her husband. And then Teresa ends up with Bert and that she is, like we said before, like she was heavily abused by Bert and Bert would yeah. also abuse her son, Anthony, their son, Anthony. And the grandmother was like, I don't know how you break the cycle. I don't know how you break it. I, I don't think there's a singular way to break it. And I know, I understand that like, there are all reasons why people stay. Like, believe me, <laughs> I understand that there are plenty of reasons why people stay in abusive yeah. households and relationships. But I think there's not a singular way to break it. But I think it starts with teaching the next generation, teaching your kids that it's not okay to be treated like that. And at the end of the day, like the grandma did stay. The mom, the mom, she didn't stay. Teresa, she she didn't stay. But when he they were talking about how her how Bert's parents were visiting and he was Mm -hmm. mad at her because she was cooking pork chops and eggs for breakfast and he was like who yeah, eats yep. pork chops for breakfast and blah 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 and she's he, like where i come from that's a normal thing to exactly. do exactly yeah. and he throws a glass of milk at her in her face like at and her face Bert's parents didn't no they did like, they, they freaked out they were like stop it yeah, what are yeah. you doing and they're like and so then he was like you you his parents need to leave and she was like okay i'm leaving too and she said that Bert had Anthony, who was maybe like four or five at this point. She He had him in like a vice grip holding him. Yeah. And so she just left without her son. And she was like, I was afraid of what he would do to my family if like he if I didn't like let him. I didn't want him to. She said, quote, I was afraid if I took Anthony that Bert would kill me and my family, end quote. But you still left him with him. You left him with a man that you said you knew you felt in your heart of hearts was capable of killing somebody. You left I your mean, child there. I under I do I do understand that, but I would also tread lightly around that because in that moment, in that specific situation, I don't know what I would do. I don't like I don't think you know what you would do. Like it is it is getting a little close to victim blaming if like I don't I personally don't think that she should have left Anthony in that situation especially considering the fact that she also had Bert's parents that saw how she was treated so it was three people against one person 
I feel like they probably could have de-escalated the situation three against one. Could that have been changed? I would think so, and I would hope so, but they made the decisions that they made, mm -hmm. and you can't really change that. I, I, I believe Anthony was failed, yes. Uh, yeah, because that's, I mean... That's... But when your whole life is about self-preservation and you've been abused by many, many, many people, mm -hmm. failed by so many people in your own life, I don't know if in that one moment of panic, I don't know what, what the mindset is like. No, and I agree, and I'm not trying to victim blame here, but more I'm just angry on Anthony's behalf because... because I I know what that's like. I mm -hmm. have been in Anthony's position. And mm -hmm. so, yeah, I get a little worked up about it, but it's, I, I just, it's so unfair to the child yeah. in those situations. Um, and, I, I, of course, have sympathy for Teresa because, I mean, yeah, she was she was being abused and she grew up being abused by her father and her father yeah. was also abusing her mother. Like it, it and like I said before, like it's cyclical and then then it makes it easier to recognize maybe the situation that you're in. So could she have taken him and run away in the night and changed their names and avoided him? I don't know. Maybe she didn't know that. Maybe she thought she that he was one of those guys that I could follow you anywhere. I got eyes everywhere. Threatening like that. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's it's just it's so it's so hard. It's so hard. Um, yeah, and I think like this would be a good point to um, talk quickly about the uh, ratings. Right now, it yeah. has a. 100% on Rotten Tomatoes as far as the critic score and the audience score is 58%. So that is huh. that is a very uh, distinct difference. And I did take a quick glance. I'm not going to say that Rotten Tomatoes is, is Bible because obviously no. it's problematic and audience can uh, weigh in however they feel. Uh, there were a couple comments that said there's no excuse for taking a life. Um, okay. Um, one person said that uh, what was the abuse that this kid suffered, which is insanity and means that you didn't watch uh, the docuseries. Um, what? Uh, is it leaning one way and not the other? Okay, maybe, but like what redeeming qualities could Bert have had? I, I, I didn't really see anything that would make me truly believe that Bert was a genuinely good loving father yeah. <laughs> like I mean even nothing was at least in this documentary nothing was presented to show that he desperately loved his son and wanted the best for him it that was not shown at all could that have been uh, a slant as far as the documentarian goes uh, maybe but I didn't there wasn't a ton of people that had a lot of good to say about him yeah i mean and and not saying he deserved to die or whatever no. uh, just it's the situation that he was put in anthony believed at the time that if he didn't do something his father would kill him and what would yeah. you do in that situation i don't he, know he even said like in the documentary quote i didn't want to kill him i just didn't want him to kill me end quote yeah like yeah. And that's really, like, what it came down to. Like, for example, if you've got, if you're allergic to bees and you've got a, a, a bee that's, like, coming at you, coming at you, coming at you, like, you're going to want to kill the bee. Like, yeah. even if you're, even if, like, there's not, like, like, you'll you'll wait until nighttime and you'll wait until the bees are not active and then you'll take it out. Like, that's just what we do as human beings. But... I can see his rationale behind it. I can because also it seemed like from what I from what I gathered based on the all of these different interviews that when Bert got worked up, 
it was like he had so much i don't know if it's it was adrenaline or what have you it was just like he became almost superhuman that he's just kicking ass well, and taking names like when teresa in that s- kitchen scene yeah her her mother even was like she lost a ton of hair from when he was pulling her hair yeah they also said uh that this night when the shooting happened which i don't think we even mentioned it was june 3rd 2019 mm-hmm. so really not that long ago no. um but on that night it was said that bert was drunk mm-hmm. and i mean anything could happen with enough liquor in you well so. and in that same vein that could have been a pattern in, in and of itself that anthony knew like all right well he's really drunk there's not really a, a yeah. going back point this is when it gets so bad i need to yeah. protect myself and again like anthony lived with this for 17 years and knew the patterns and knew when the escalation had gotten to a point of no return and it just needed to stop it and some people could say he should have known better than to do something like that he i don't think anything. so because he, was, he wasn't he educated. wasn't educated yeah. exactly so and and his father heavily kept guns in the house so like he knew guns from he knew his guns father, knew where they were yeah and it, like and his father used them in like threatening situations yeah so i mean he knew that much of like okay like when there's a confrontation when there's danger he'll use a gun and like he knows what gun like he's figured out what guns can do i mean it it's just i i i don't think it's as black and white as 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 some people are seeing it as and i think that to say like oh but you're you're focusing so heavily on like all the bad things that bert did even if you don't focus on the bad things that bert bert did something that really just struck me was i think it's the last episode towards the end when anthony describes they ask him like what an ideal father would be like Mm. and it was it 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 broke me because he just described the bare minimum like the long and short of it was just like a dad who loves and protects his kids and wants them to be happy and wants to spend time with them and all of this stuff and like the way he's talking about it as if it's this like as it is yeah and yeah how that is the reality for so many people that like yeah it, it's how you can't fake that you can't it like whether or not bert got what he deserved is mm-hmm. up to whatever powers that be but i mean anthony certainly didn't deserve what he was given given yeah Yeah. and you can't say that he was treated well like and and yeah one thing that i think one of somebody um whether it was his lawyer or somebody explained that like there's different and we talked about this in the Turpin case too like there's there's physical abuse but not all abuse is physical abuse it can be verbal it can be emotional and like Anthony and the Turpin kids they endured all three yeah like and I did want to mention um there was one review on the IMDB that I really appreciated I, again I don't know this person's uh, background or qualifications this person that is uh, reviewing but I I liked how they worded their review and it was um, I'm going to quote it directly it's PNW girl so Pacific Northwest yeah, girl I I'm guess. assuming yeah um, so the review is quote I appreciate this documentary's attempt to explain cumulative childhood trauma and shed light on its effects the testimony of the father's friends are completely consistent with what it would be like to be a scapegoat child. Yeah. The abusive behavior is hidden from all but the child. Everybody is surprised to learn what is happening. That's the point. It's called coercive power and control, and a child has no psychological defenses against it. Dissociating emotions in order to survive is a hallmark of childhood trauma symptomology, and every level of law enforcement and psychological help that deals with the violence and victims should be versed in what it looks like. It is one of the most misunderstood psychological concepts, including most, including by most psychologists, as it is not taught even at the graduate level other than the most cursory way. 
How to be trauma-informed is going to become ever increasingly important in this complex world of ours. It's time we start understanding when someone's effect, affect is completely flat and they're unable to tell their own stories about their own lives. You're looking at something complex and it just could be that it's a childhood trauma victim in front of you, not a stone-cold killer. The uninformed attitudes of some of these law enforcement professionals was highly upsetting to watch. Let's become more trauma-informed, shall we? Yeah. End quote. I... I completely agree with all of that because like what an absolute breakdown in communication for law with law enforcement like just again and this is what i mean like everybody did their part in failing anthony like the fact go ahead like i don't even i don't even know like he he was the one that called and said uh, from the title i just killed my dad Mm -hmm. and he wasn't trying to hide anything he wasn't being secretive the cops came he immediately came out he immediately surrendered didn't put up a fight got in the cop car he told them what he was wearing like how they could find him everything well and he even said in the interview he was like i thought that like what he was hoping to happen was that they would come his dad wouldn't be dead he'd they'd resuscitate him but his dad wouldn't touch him ever again he'd he'd be able to get out or that he yeah he would he would be able to tell his story explain that he didn't believe that he did anything wrong because he was doing it in defense. Yeah. And that is a, an example of somebody, again, who is not educated mm-hmm. because even if you surrender yourself, you should still retain a lawyer mm-hmm. regardless if you're innocent or guilty. Mm-hmm. Because the legal system can turn and twist things like you see what they did with his... Um, his police interview when he yeah. first went in. Yeah. They interviewed him. He did not have a lawyer. He was a minor. He was 17 years old. And he answered everything. Um, he didn't know any better. Yeah. I mean, and but I wouldn't even go so far, like, again, bring, bringing it back, like, just that even that Texas and Louisiana, so Bert claimed he, like, after, so how do we explain this? So after Teresa fled the house with Bert's parents. She had them drop her off basically on the side of the road. She made it to her mother's house. Like she, she got a, a I believe she got a bus ticket or something she to her went, mother's. Yeah, she went to the bus. And yeah. so she, she, but so Bert kidnapped her son the first time and she put up flyers and she, like she had no money and she was paying money to get color copies of flyers yeah. trying to find her son. And her son is located and he is she and she thinks that's the end of it and everything and she it, it's it's not like she even said or i don't think she said somebody said quote bert clearly had the stamina not being the person who was traumatized to mm-hmm. wear her down wear her out end quote and that's exactly like what he did like she thought she she got this sense of um not complacency, but just the okay, like it's done now, we're safe. And then he and goes, she thought she's like, I'm clearly in the right, so there's no way that he's going to be able to get custody of this child because I'm clearly in the right, which is kind of what Anthony thought when the police came. He's like, I was doing this in self defense. They're gonna hear my side and it's all gonna be okay. True. But even beyond that, that then he goes he moves to louisiana and he tells these these courts in louisiana all of these lies about her about how she's unfit to be a mother and they didn't do their due diligence and cross-reference and contact like texas and be like hey like not even to say like hey did this guy kidnap his son once before like is there any like they just went with with they just took this man's word at face value without any ounce of research or questioning and and this was in like 2008 too this wasn't like super super long ago and then and then the fucking police come and they just go yeah this kid's coming with me we're taking him back to his dad and his poor grandmother doesn't really have any way of like because also his mother wasn't even there that yeah, like his the grand yeah. yeah and and that his grandmother yeah, had to like get down and say to him like i love you your mother loves you like to to remind him in hopes that he'd remember like and and then he just the the policeman just takes him away like i just yeah this whole thing is is really just so fucked and i'm angry for him and yeah it, it's 
like I said, like every single aspect, like how does, how does a, a city, how does a state not know that there is a child? Like n he's got friends like who know he's got a son, but nobody knows that this kid isn't in school. Like, I mean, yeah. there's just, there, it, there's so, again, this guy was so brazen that he didn't bother to change his son's name, but also there wasn't really any record of him anywhere. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, it's just, it, it's... Yeah, it's another case that is, like, one of those unfathomable ones that's just like, how could this have gone this far? Yeah. And, and one thing that they talked about towards the end, too, was how Bert started to get super religious toward the end, too. And I think that's a common theme here in that it, just as much as religion can be used as a positive tool, as a coping mechanism, as a means to find community... It, it, there's also so many abusers and the Turpin parents are another one who use yeah. it because there are facets and, and tenets of a given religion that just justify their abuse. Yeah. Yeah. They could, they could already be on this path of abuse and um, claim religion yeah. and then uh, court systems automatically have to take a step back and be like well if this is a religious thing there's like a lot of other things you need to like look into but or that they child abuse is child or abuse. that they turn to it for like internal like i guess i guess the best way to say it is like internal justification i mean not even like saying to, yeah. to the yeah. state like oh these are my religious beliefs because again like he didn't have to he never he never got his his yeah, he never really court. had to answer for anything. He never, yeah. yeah. Um, like, he he essentially, like, I'm not saying that he didn't suffer, but he didn't have to answer for any of his crimes. He kind of got an easy-ish way out. Yeah. Um, because I assure you that, like, somebody who's that much about control, their their worst nightmare is not... I might die. Their worst nightmare is that people figure them out and that they can't control anymore, that they yep. are no longer in control of anything anymore. Yeah. And just it, it it's it, it's in that way. I'm also kind of like, oh, like he Anthony didn't really get his justice. Like he killed his dad, but he didn't like he got away but he didn't get any closure for it or anything like that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I mean, and, and this guy stole his life from him. Like when, when in the end he goes to his mother's house for the first time, or it's his grandmother's house or something. And his grandmother, he goes up to her and he says, hi, nice to meet you. Well, yeah, because he was five when he left. Well, yeah, so but, I, but that's I would I mean. say that like, to somebody that I that I hadn't met since I was five. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. Like that, he. I'm not saying I'm not saying this to criticize him. I'm saying it in terms of like that. So much was taken from him. Like he didn't know people who loved him. He didn't get the opportunity yeah. to know. And like like when he when and she she even asks him she's like can i give you a hug or like when she said to him again this is all the grandmother she said something like i'm 82 years old so this might actually be the last time i see you like just it's yeah it's a lot it's a lot and uh, so was, much was taken was there from him. was there anything else you wanted to talk about before i get to um wrap this up with what he was ultimately charged with and and what what happened at the end um not really, except I think it's worth reiterating once again that, like, emotional abuse, verbal abuse, psychological abuse is still abuse. Just because it's not physical doesn't mean it's not as, as severe. And just because, like, for example, there were 13 Turpin kids and they were heavily, um, what's the word that I'm looking for, Haley? Um, indoctrinated. Thank you. Yeah. Um, like abuse is abuse is abuse there's no oh somebody had it worse or somebody had it better like that that's the it, it abuse is yeah abuse. and there was there was a comment that was like other people have it worse and don't kill their parents that is a very short-sighted uh view on <laughs> uh, the human condition <laughs> i think it's fair um, to say I, I think it's kind of fair to say that somebody who would say that has not and for that they're lucky but somebody with that kind of a point of view clearly has never endured any kind of abuse yeah yeah 
or any mental health stresses or uh, really anything. Um, but yeah. Um, so ultimately I got this from, um, an article on Esquire, which kind of runs down what happens towards the end. Again, this is a spoiler for like the last bit of the last episode, Mm -hmm. but so Anthony was initially charged with second degree murder, but that charge was later reduced to manslaughter after the prosecutor confirmed that he had just been acting in self-defense after years of abuse. In 2021, he pleaded no contest to negligible homicide and will serve five years of supervised probation with credit for time served. As a condition, he must earn his GED, agree to counseling, and hold either a full-time job or be enrolled in school full-time. If he meets all requirements, he will be eligible to have his record completely expunged. His lawyer added after the court ruling, quote, when I saw this injustice, I said, absolutely no way should this kid be in jail. Well, that's the outcome we have. It may not be the thing we have hoped for in this imperfect system. We have to find the best possible justice. And I think we got that today. I have a strong, uh, I have a strong want and desire for Anthony to be successful in life. He left an incredibly hopeless life and no one got involved to help him until he shot his father, end Mm -hmm. quote, which is literally what we had been saying. Following his release, Anthony has been trying to rebuild his relationship with his lost mom and grandmother in Texas, uh, which they proved trickier uh, than they'd hoped. Quote, this is harder than losing him. This is Teresa saying this. I want to be his friend because I know I'll never be a mother. It'll never be a mother-son relationship. That was the past, end quote. Yeah. Uh, for Anthony, one ambition rises above others to break the cycle of abuse with, within his family and to avoid becoming anything like his late father. He's finally surrounded by the love and support he needs to do just that. And I really hope he is. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just. Yeah, I really and hope I, that I do think I, I think it, it must be painful and also pretty wise of his mother to acknowledge the fact that this is never going to be a mother-son relationship her son is an an adult now and um had his childhood stolen from him so i guess the most they can hope for is to be friends and that she can give him some type of support yeah which is really what he needs that's yeah that's absolutely what he needs right now and i mean i i just and i'm glad that his record is getting expunged also um just as long as he meets all those conditions but it seems like he will like that's the thing because again like i think had he known like every like the whole process or whatever i think that would have affected his actions in terms of like he would have for example like been like i'm not talking without a lawyer or like all of that and and also good on his lawyer because he did the whole thing pro bono um he said he like he saw himself in this he knew yeah, what this was they, like they talk yeah they talk about that in one part of the episode that his lawyer even had a, a pretty troubling childhood yeah. and and was really connected to anthony and really just wanted the absolute best for him um and just like we talked with the turpin kids like one of the conditions of anthony's uh getting his record as sponge is that he has to earn his ged or be enrolled in school full-time i think he wants yes. that i think he wants to learn agreed 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 so i don't think that like that i don't is think these like, are punishments oh, yeah this is not exactly this is not a punishment this is like <laughs> a gift yeah it, he i mean it 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 was a horrible road to get to this point and it shouldn't and he shouldn't have had yes, to do it yes yeah but at least now he's got this gift of being able to have a life and to have the experiences, have friends and all of that. And I just, I think that this is after, after the fact with his father being murdered, I think this is the best possible outcome it could be. Yeah. And that is that if you have uh seen the docuseries and um have other opinions or have, have similar any opi- opinions yeah have any us, opinions yeah uh or if we missed something yeah let us know 
Um, you can find us on all of our social media. We are on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and we have a website. That's crimeculturepodcast.tumblr.com. You can also email us uh, crimeculturepod at gmail.com. Um, and we also have a Patreon. You can join for as little as a dollar, as much as whatever you want. And there's different rewards at each level, fun stuff. You get to vote in a poll. We'll talk about um, stuff that our patrons vote on, stuff like that. Um, also, you will see on our link tree, which is in uh, the um, bio of all of our social media, you can sign up for our Secret Satan gift exchange, which is like a Secret Santa, but better because it's for Halloween. And it's more fun. Um, I've decided. It is more yes. fun. Uh, we did it last year. It was super fun. We have a, a bunch of people have signed up already. Yeah. Um, the deadline for that, I believe, is the 13th. Mm-hmm. Yes. So this is coming out the beginning of September. So you have until the 13th to sign up for Secret Satan. Please do so sooner rather than later because... Um, we want to start getting ready, getting ideas of who to pair yes, together. Yes, yes. Well, and... and- on a on a more Patreon centered front, our Patreon patrons also have something special in store for Spooktober that they need to check their Patreon accounts for. Um, yep. So do that too. There's a deadline for that that's in there, um, and it's coming up. So hop on there and let us. You know, know who and, you are. Yeah, you know. We know all of our patrons are listening. Yeah. So get to it. Yeah. This is a. Yeah. This is a stick up uh, <laughs> um you know who you yeah. are yeah we just said your names last episode um but yeah some of them yeah no all of them yeah but wait what do you mean by what i okay i think we gotta go <laughs> we do all right it's been real so we'll see you next tuesday bye, bye. bye.